0: Hey everybody, welcome to Kern Talks, Kern Memorial United Methodist Church's podcast where we revisit the message for the previous day. I'm Chris DeCue, the worship leader and producer at Kern Church. We know you're busy and maybe don't have time to watch the video for a whole service. Well, we got you covered with Kern Talks. With that said, let's hear from our service of morning and hope from November 1st.
1: During the section... Reflecting on the loss of life, we will invite you to light your candles with us. A moment of silence will be offered so that you can honor those you name in your hearts. Acknowledgement of our mourning. We light this candle for our loss of kinship. We mourn our inability to gather. In our isolation, fear and anxiety have become our constant companions. Tasks that once were simple are complicated. We must be aware of people, objects, distancing. Everything in our world is now colored by suspicion. We mourn the absence of human affection. The instinct to shake hands or offer a hug has been replaced with distant waves and awkward nods. There's no longer a sense of familiarity in the way we interact with one another. We guard our personal space and become anxious if someone gets too close. We mourn the change in our ability to express ourselves easily. Masks distort the inflections of our speech. Devices cannot convey the intentions of our words, resulting in conversations that seem cold and unfeeling. Many times, our words are simply misunderstood.
2: We light this candle for the loss of employment. No longer have an income. This loss can be catastrophic. In any circumstance, the loss of income is difficult. But during a pandemic, the stress is compounded by the loss of health coverage. The fear of contracting the disease increases our anxieties. We mourn the absence of routines and the camaraderie of the workplace. Working remotely and alone has added another dimension to our feelings of isolation and frustration. We mourn the adverse effect of COVID on our ability to know who we are our minds are tired and overloaded with questions and uncertainty ordinary tasks take much longer to finish we find it difficult to concentrate many feel their mental resources are exhausted we are weary We yearn for peace. We crave the simple life.
1: We light this candle for the loss of many lives. more than one million people worldwide that have lost their lives during the pandemic. We cannot comprehend such immeasurable grief. As we pause in this moment to reflect upon the global loss of life, we invite you to join us as together we light this candle of remembrance. We mourn for the loss of lives in our church and our communities. Many families have been unable to conduct funerals, or memorial services to mark the loss of someone they love. Without visitations and rituals of death, they have been left to carry their grief alone. As we pause in this moment to reflect upon this communal loss of life, we invite you to join us as together we light this candle of remembrance. We mourn for the loss of our family members and friends. Death has touched each of our lives during this pandemic. These losses are deeply personal. We can speak the names of those we have lost. We can see their faces in our minds. We can recall their impact on our lives. We carry them with us as we grieve. As we pause in this moment to reflect upon our personal losses, We invite you to join us as together we light our candles of remembrance.
2: Let us pray. God of us all, your love never ends. When all else fails, you still are God. We pray to you for one another in our need and for all anywhere who mourn with us this day. To those who doubt, give light. To those who are weak, give strength. To all who have sinned, grant mercy. To all who sorrow, grant your peace. Keep true in us the love with which we hold one another. In all our ways, we trust you, O God. And to you, with your church on earth and in heaven, we offer honor and glory, now and forever. Amen. Promises of hope. Yes, it is true. That we mourn. But we cannot keep ourselves in that place. The psalmist expresses to that, us, that to us over and over again. While there are psalms of mourning. While there are psalms of despair. They're followed. Or they make a turn to psalms of hope. Moments of recognition and understanding of just how our God works around us, through us, and in us. Yes, we mourn. But yes, we have hope. Hope is continually offered. the best way I know to express that hope this morning is to share with you scriptures that speak to me, that assure me of God's presence. And there is a definite hope for all that goes on in our world today. These are those scriptures that speak to to me, but by no means the only scriptures of hope. And when this service concludes today, there will be a posting on Facebook where you can share your scriptures of hope, that through our interaction with one another, we might find hope not just for this day but for the days to come. As children of God, as ones who seek for hope, we have to remember where our hope comes from. And Hebrews chapter 11 and chapter 12 set that up for us. If you remember as Hebrews chapter 11 begins, we're given a definition of faith. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. That's part of our difficulty. We hope. And there's not a definite image before us We don't hope for things we can see. We hope for the unknown and the unseen. And chapter 11 of Hebrews goes on to put in front of us those heroes and pioneers of the faith who set before us the example of how we hope How we look to our God. And then, as chapter 12 begins, we are told, Do you see what this means? All these pioneers who blazed the way, all these veterans cheering us on, means we'd better get on with it. Strip down, start running, never quit. Keep your eyes on Jesus who both began and finished this race we're in. Study how he did it because he never lost sight of where he was headed. That exhilarating finish in and with God. He could put up with anything along the way. When you find yourselves flagging in your faith, go over that story again, item by item. That long litany of hostility he plowed through, that will shoot adrenaline into your souls Hoping for those unseen things, looking to Jesus and shooting adrenaline into our souls. Hope brings that adrenaline, that shot we need, that shot we seek. We lit our candles in the earlier session, section. Of mourning, We let candles for kinship, for the loss of it, for employment, for the loss of it, and for lives, the loss of them. We come recognizing that in all of that loss, we are offered hope. We are offered the hope through the Psalms. I sought the Lord, and He answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. That's what we're searching for. That's the unseen that we want. But better than that, that's the unseen That is offered to us, a deliverance from our fears. Psalm 34 says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise will always be in my mouth. I praise the Lord. Let the suffering listen and rejoice. Magnify the Lord with me together let us lift his name up high I sought the Lord and he answered me he delivered me from all my fears those who look to God will shine their faces and never be ashamed this suffering person cried out the Lord listened and saved him from every trouble. On every side, the Lord's messenger protects those who honor God and delivers them. Taste and see how good the Lord is. The one who takes refuge in Him is truly happy. You who are the Lord's holy ones, honor Him. Because those who honor him don't lack a thing. Even strong young lions go without and get hungry. But those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. Sometimes we forget. We forget that our hope is in seeking the Lord. Because when we seek the Lord, when we cry from the depths of our soul, God answers, God delivers, and we do not lack a thing. When we think of the book of Job, hope is not something that quite often comes to our thought process a lot happened to poor job if anyone knows about losing it all kinship employment lives it's job he lost it all and yet Even in the midst of losing everything, Job did not lose his hope in the Lord. If you make your mind resolute and spread your palms to Him, if you throw out the sin in your hands and don't let injustice dwell in your tents, Then you will lift up your face without blemish. You will be secure and not fear. You will forget trouble. You will remember it as water that flows past. A lifespan will rise brighter than noon. Darkness will be like morning. You will be secure. For there is hope. You will look around and rest safely. Job. Job of all people reminds us you will be secure. For there is hope. Look around for the hope and rest safely. We're very familiar with this next scripture, scripture that we hear many times at a funeral. Those selected verses from John fourteen, the selected verses verses as Jesus talks to his disciples. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. Jesus begins, begins with these words. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Hearts are not troubled. There has to be hope deep within us. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house, there are many dwelling places. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go, And prepare a place for you. I will come again. And will take you to myself. So that where I am. There you may be also. And you know the way to the place where I am going. I will not leave you orphaned. I am coming to you. In a little while, the world will no longer see me, but you will see me. Because I live, you will live also. I have said these things to you while I am still with you. But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you everything. And remind you of all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. And do not let them be afraid. Over and over, and over, these past few months. These are the words I turn to. As Jesus promised peace, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Those words are the hope I cling to. Because truthfully, it's hard to find peace in the world today. But Jesus promises peace. Not a peace as we know of the world, but a peace out of His love and care. Do not let your hearts be troubled. And do not let them be afraid. I wish it were that easy. I wish my heart was not troubled. And I wish I wasn't afraid at times. But the hope comes in knowing that that peace was left for me. And I can come again. And I can cling to these words as I seek the peace that Jesus gives. The Gospel of John tells the birth of Jesus in a very different way. A way that we usually do not even think of as a birth narrative but it is the scripture of the lectionary for Christmas morning. But we don't often gather on Christmas morning. And so we are not as familiar with this birth story. But I think about it. I think about it over and over again. And I thought about it Wednesday night as Karen and I shared the conversation with you. And as I watched that, and as I looked at those candles burning between us, I remembered the light shines in the darkness. And the darkness did not overcome it. John's birth narrative. I remember every year on Christmas Eve and I remember what it looks like. I remember what it feels like and you probably do too. One candle Meets the Christ candle. And it's lit. And it's shared. First to those who will walk the aisle of the sanctuary. And share that light with those on the end of the pew. And then that light spreads out across the pew until it spreads out across the sanctuary. And though the lights have been turned off, though the room is dark, those candles create a light. A light that cannot be overcome by the darkness no matter the darkness around us, the light of Christ shines. Shines with hope and shines with care for each and every one of us. Over the last few weeks, I have talked with friends and colleagues, or I have looked at their Facebook posts, and more and more scriptural references are turning to Romans 8, specifically verses 18 through 39, a section of Romans that talks about our suffering. And our hope. And what better way to end the promises of hope this morning than to share this section. We know what it is to suffer. And we look for hope. Hear these words. I believe that the present suffering is nothing compared to the coming glory that is going to be revealed in us. The whole creation waits, breathless with anticipation, for the revelation of God's sons and daughters. Creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice It was the choice of the one who subjected it. But in the hope that the creation itself will be set free from slavery to decay and brought into the glorious freedom of God's children. We know that the whole creation is groaning together and suffering labor pains up until now. And it's not only the creation. We ourselves who have the Spirit as the first crop of the harvest, also grown inside as we wait to be adopted and for our bodies to be set free. We were saved in hope. Hear these words again. We were saved. In hope, If we see what we hope for, that isn't hope. Who hopes for what they already see? But if we hope for what we don't see, we wait for it with patience. May we wait with patience. In the same way, The Spirit comes to help our weakness. We don't know what we should pray, but the Spirit himself pleads our case with unexpressed groans. The one who searches hearts knows how the Spirit thinks because he pleads for the saints consistent with God's will. We know that God works all things together for good, for the ones who love God, for those who are called according to His purpose. We know this because we knew them in advance and He decided in advance that they would be conformed to the image of His Son. That way His Son would be first of many brothers and sisters. Those who God decided in advance would be conformed to his Son, he also called. Those whom he called, he also made righteous. Those whom he made righteous, he also glorified. So what are we going to say about these things? If God is for us, who is against us? If God is for us, who is against us? He didn't spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. Won't he also freely give us all things with him? Who will bring a charge against God's elect people? It is God who acquits them. Who is going to convict them? It is Christ Jesus who died, even more, who was raised, and who also is at God's right side. It is Christ Jesus who also pleads our case for us. Who will separate us from Christ's love? Will we be separated by trouble, or distress, or harassment, or famine, or nakedness, or danger, or sword, or disease? As it is written, we are being put to death all day long for your sake. We are treated like sheep for slaughter. But in all these things, we win a a sweeping victory through the one who loved us. I'm convinced that nothing can separate us from God's love in Christ Jesus our Lord. Not death or life, not angels or... Or rulers, not present things or future things, not powers or heights or depth or any other thing that is created. Hear these words again. Nothing can separate us from God's love. Amen.
0: Thanks for listening. If you want to reach out to Kern Memorial United Methodist Church or see entire services, you can visit our YouTube channel, Kern Memorial United Methodist Church, and remember to like and subscribe for updates. You can also visit us on our Facebook page at Kern Memorial United Methodist Church. Thanks and have a blessed day.